couple of weeks ago, I guess about three weeks ago, um, I don't know if it was something someone said or something I observed or I'm not sure how it came to me, but um, just this thought, point of contact. Just this phrase came into my head, point of contact. And like I said, I don't even remember what the incident was, but I couldn't let go of the idea of point of contact. And so uh, I went to the greatest source of information the world has today, Wikipedia. (laughs) If you want to know anything about anything in any stretch of the imagination about anything, go to Wikipedia. I think people make things up and put it on Wikipedia. Don't, Don't ever use it if you're writing a paper, all right? (laughs) But anyways, point of contact on Wikipedia. A point of contact, a POC, is a person serving as the coordinator or focal point of information concerning an activity or program. A POC is used in many cases where information is time-sensitive and accuracy is important. Reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 15. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let's pray. We'd like that, Lord. We'd like to know joy. We'd like to know a fullness of joy. Especially in weeks like this, where so much has robbed us of joy. There seems to be so much sadness, so much loss, so much suffering. Your joy looks more and more like the thing we need. So we ask you by your Holy Spirit to bring that to us, O God. Open up your word to our hearts and to our minds, Lord, that we might know your joy in us and our joy might be made full. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this one statement, a single sentence uttered from the lips of the living God who has come and manifest himself in the flesh in order to show us his great love for us, encapsulates the whole redemptive story. If you want to know what redemption is all about, this says it in one sentence. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. It says it all. Remember, Jesus not only came as the Son of God, but also as the Son of Man, the second Adam. Adam, here to undo what Adam's inability to love God through obedience brought into play against his own sons, humanity. We are a fallen race. 
abiding under the weight of the curse of sin and death, suffering pain and disease, struggling to overcome our own fears and insecurities in an uncertain world. And that is certainly evident this past week, hasn't it been? We are a disenfranchised, rejected race, desperately seeking connection with something or someone that will bring order to the chaos around us and help us make sense of our lives so that we can have peace. Jesus, he comes along and he says this in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In that moment, Jesus became our point of contact, our focal point and the single reliable source of information on how to relate to God as well as the only means of connecting with God. And the accuracy of his ways is beyond question. In John 14, 5, Thomas says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As our POC, point of connection, he is secure, reliable, and accurate in all things. He alone can get us to the desired destination. But remember, the definition of a POC also includes a time-sensitive factor. And how important is that for us? We have this one life to live, and the number of our days is not known until they end. And then it's too late. But Jesus came at the most opportune time and with the most advantageous purpose as regards our well-being and our destiny. Listen to the hope and power of these verses in Galatians 4. This is out of the... Uh, Contemporary English version. But when the time was right, God sent his son. And a woman gave birth to him. His son obeyed the law so he could set us free from the law. And we could become God's children. Now that we are God's children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. And his spirit tells us that God is our father. Now listen to this. You are no longer slaves. Let that sink in for a minute. You are no longer slaves. You are God's children, and you will be given what he has promised. Before you knew God, you were slaves of little g-gods that are not real. But now you know God, and better still... God knows you. What a mouthful. 
what has come to be known as Christianity today, when centered on Jesus as the POC, the sole POC, point of contact, affords more than we can, for the most part, comprehend. Forgiveness of and redemption from sin, the ability and liberty to choose a better way of living our lives, an open opportunity to come into a relationship with God and the invitation to join him in his work of redemption in the earth. Beyond this, there is his desire to fill us with his own Holy Spirit, to gift us and empower us to do the works of Jesus and to transform our character at the deepest level to reflect the godliness that was so evident in the life of Jesus Christ. Now, all of this can at times seem a little overwhelming. Where do I begin? What do I pursue? How should I act? What does this or that mean for me and my family? What is most important? The word, the church, worship, fellowship, the gifts of the spirit, signs and wonders. Should I be grounded or soaring into the heavenlies? The presence of Jesus in our lives just changes everything, doesn't it? To be set free to experience liberty of spirit and soul is to open up a whole new realm of options. Is it any wonder that it seems as if the church is always running after the latest and greatest spiritual fad or the newest and most effective program to try and accomplish what our spirits know we are capable of as kids of God in the kingdom of God? And quite often, as individual believers, we find ourselves overwhelmed by God's calling on our lives, and it can be a bit confusing at times and even frustrating when we can't find the POC of our own personal quest. As I was researching the idea of point of contact for definition, I also discovered that there's a technical component utilized in the IT industry, that is, information technology. So I called my favorite IT guy, Eric, (laughs) and had a conversation about POC. So bottom line, it works like this. Say I want to go to a certain website somewhere in the world. I turn on my computer, open up Internet Explorer. Yes, I use Internet Explorer. And type in the web address and hit enter, right? The first point of contact my request goes to is my router, which separates my information from all the other information on my network. From there, the router sends it to the next point of contact, which is my modem. My modem then sends my information to the next point of contact, which is my DNS uh, provider, which is Metrocast, which takes that information and sends it out into the World Wide Web. So there are three or four points of contacts my information has to go through in order to get where I want it to go. You following that? Okay. Now we can get creative here and spiritualize this process and reference to our salvation and spiritual growth, and others have done that. But what really intrigued me was when Eric mentioned another POC that is utilized in the IT industry. This one stands for 
packet order correction. Packet order correction. And what this does is it brings order to the message, thus avoiding retransmission. Have you ever felt like your Christian walk is one more time around the mountain? Like, why do I keep going through this or ending up here or, oh no, not again? Your prayers aren't being answered and you wonder if they're even being heard. Ever felt like that? More than once? You need packet order. Do you ever have to defragment your hard drive? Right? It's just all your information is scattered all over the disk. There's no order to it. Right? There's a process for bringing things to order. A POC does that on the fly. It keeps the message in order, making sense of what could otherwise become very confusing. Jesus, as our POC, makes this statement concerning himself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. In other words, he is complete in his provision regarding our salvation, and we are complete in him. So it would stand to reason that he has provided a means by which we can bring order to our kingdom lives. For God is not the author author of confusion. And so as our POC, our point of contact, he has, because of who he is, provided us with a POC, that is a packet order correction component to help keep us focused on the main and the plane of the kingdom. There's probably no single individual beyond Jesus Christ himself who has helped define the structure and promote the growth of Christianity like the Apostle Paul. As a theologian, he is unquestionably a source as opposed to a commentator. He explains salvation by grace as opposed to the law, giving us an understanding of justification and sanctification. As a teacher of the divine principles, he exercised, promoted, explained, and expanded on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and their use in and outside of the church. As a missionary, he is unmatched in his ability to present the gospel in culturally relevant terms to people and nations who are not only diverse and different from the roots of Christianity, but also to empires who stood in direct opposition to his message, making converts even in the household of Caesar himself. A master mentor. He not only planted churches wherever he went, he also raised up effective leadership, mostly from a pagan culture. It's amazing. Paul the Apostle, who was once Saul of Tarsus, a hater of Jesus of Nazareth and persecutor of the church, through the power and the grace that he preached, did more than any other single man in establishing the church of Jesus Christ worldwide. And in all that he accomplished, 
all that he could tell you about the hundreds of adventures and perils, the miraculous and the mundane, the wanderings and the shipwrecks of beatings and baptisms, churches being birthed and then being persecuted, of fleeing for his life and of over and over and over and over again surrendering his life into the hands and the care of the Lord Jesus Christ. If any man could boast, Paul had the right to boast. And boast he does. Yes, he boasts about the Lord's POC. That point of contact that he could keep returning to when things got out of control and made no sense. Listen to his statement. No, not a statement of him. An anthem to the Lord, a decree of affirmation and rejoicing from one once bound to sin and death and now made free. Here is the song of the redeemed, as uttered by Paul to the Galatians. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Listen, no cross no Christ, no Messiah, no Savior of the world. The Jews wanted a crossless Christ, a king who had conquered by a show of military force, who would drive out their Roman oppressors, and God said no. The cross was Rome's symbol of death and terror, but it was fueled by demonic powers and principalities who opposed God's love. God took the cross, literally, he took the full weight of its pain and terror and bore the burden of our sin and shame until the symbolism of the cross was wrestled out of the hands of darkness and became our point of contact. Have you been to the cross of Christ yet? Have you left your sin and your burden there? No cross no Savior. There is no easy Christianity. It costs everything. And I thank God that there was a cross. But more than that, it was the cross of Christ. And its impact is eternally powerful for the redemption of mankind. I want to read you a writing from a man named John of Damascus entitled, What Happened on the Cross? It was written somewhere between 675 A.D. and 749. By nothing else except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ has death been brought low. The sin of our first parent destroyed. Hell has been plundered. Resurrection bestowed. The power given us to despise the things of this world, even death itself. The road back to the former blessedness made smooth. The gates of paradise opened. Our nature seated at the right hand of God, and we made children and heirs of God. By the cross, all these things have been set aright. It is a seal that the destroyer may not strike us, a raising up of those who, are, who lie fallen, a support for those who stand, a staff for the infirm, a crook for the shepherded, a guide for the wandering, a perfecting of the advance, 
salvation for soul and body, a deflector of all evils, a cause for all goods, a destruction of sin, a plant of resurrection, and a tree of eternal life, the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul, writing to the Galatians, said this, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. And then to the Colossians he says, and you, that's us, who were, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. I shared last week the pain that I carried till I was 43 years old when my dad never showed up. I got that wolf badge at Cub Scouts. But I didn't share how I defeated that pain. There's a man who lived in this area who is a Christian psychologist, Bruce Brown. And he said, Dick, you got to take it to the cross. You got to nail it there. Let Christ hide it behind his wounds. And you'll never feel the pain of it again because he'll bear it away. Take it to the cross. And I did. I got healing for my life. How important is the cross to God? Back in the mid-80s when I was in Bible college, we were doing an Old Testament survey, and we were in the Exodus story, and uh, God has commanded Moses to put the camp of Israel in order according to their tribes and by their numbers. And he gives the numbers of each tribe as it surrounded the tent of meeting in the middle. He puts one tribe to the front, two tribes on either side, and the other tribes trailing behind. And as we measured that out and marked it out on paper, as God looked down on Israel going through the wilderness, it was a six million person cross wandering through the wilderness for a year. That's how important the cross is to God when he looks at his people. He only sees you through the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the only way he can identify you is by the cross of Jesus Christ, by the blood of the one who died on that cross. Holy Spirit, come. So I want to do something today. As you can see, already there are some sticky notes with little pin nails through them. We invited the first service to come and take a sticky note. There's pads of sticky notes and pens up here. Write your sin. You don't have to put your name on it. Write your sin. Write your fear. Write your unforgiveness. The one you hold unforgiveness again. Write their name on that sticky note. Write your pain. Write your burdens on that sticky note. And then pin it to the cross. 
I even got a little hammer. Can nail that sucker right in there once and for all to the cross of Christ. You don't have to carry it anymore, any burden, any shame. Nail it to the tree today. Let Christ take it out of your life. Any addictions that you're carrying in your life, nail it to the tree today. Any dashed hopes, oh God, don't you hear my prayer? I'm so disappointed. Nail it to the tree. Nail your disappointment there. He'll meet you at the cross of Christ. He always does.